Hello and welcome to Absolute Comics. My name is Benny. That is Sal. I'm from Comic Story and he's from Comic Pop. We do a lot of comic book stuff over at YouTube. And every week at about Tuesday at about 5 p.m. Eastern, we do Absolute Comics, our news and comic book discussion show. That's right. Today's sponsor is G Fuel. Use the code COMICS at checkout. Get yourself 10% off of your order or 30% depending on what time of the month it is. But <laughs> just, you know, I got a very inappropriate joke to go with that. We're not going to do it. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. <laughs> I, I I mentioned a, a code at a certain time of the month. You can assume the joke. Moving on. Uh, anyway, today we're going to talk about our favorite comics and a few topics over here. Dad made me read to the intro, so we're not going to go through that whole thing again. Let's get into the comics today. Sal, did you read Flash? No. <laughs> All right, Sal, what did you read? <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know what happened. I know what matters with respect to Flash. I looked for it on Comixology. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find any book that came out today that was called Flash. Maybe Flash I just... annual one. I looked for... I, I, I literally wrote the word Flash into... That, that came up for me. That's how I found it. I didn't get it. I, I, I Thankfully, thankfully, it was spoiled on Reddit this morning well around like six in the this, morning i saw my, it my biggest problem with this is that it's flagged as an annual and it's the conclusion to the storyline that's been going for five issues you know that's what they're doing over at spider-man too every time that spencer wants to finish up an arc he does a spider-man annual or a giant size spider-man book and it's just the conclusion of the arc he's done that twice I don't, now the whole point of annuals was to test out a new writer test out a new artist yep. try out an idea and if it worked we get them later yeah now it's just oh well we wanted to conclude it sooner than it needed to be what yep. i don't i don't get it it's just a catch-all just yeah. shove whatever in there I mean, so you know, yeah to recap what's been going on, Wally West wanted to get rid of his powers because he was still suffering from, look, I don't want anyone else to die. I already messed up a sanctuary. Barry, just take my powers. I just want to go live my life with my family. <laughs> uh, and the Speed Force grabbed him and was putting him in spots to fix Speed Force problems, which is actually a pretty cool uh, idea in general. The only issue I had, I don't know what it was. The art wasn't bad, but something about it just made this feel like I don't know how to word it best other than because I, I don't think the art was bad, but something about the art style made it feel to me like one of those weird, like promotional tie-ins, like okay. the KFC one or something like that. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't feel like the normal art style that we would see in the flash. It felt like one of those, Hey, we got a guest artist to do the KFC special kind right. of a thing. Right. And that was my only problem with this arc. It wasn't bad at all. It just kept fluctuating art styles. Mm -hmm. It was weird. That's no good. Um, so Wally went through a bunch of time periods, and eventually they figured out what was going on. He was trying to stop whatever was happening to the Speed Force. Drops him in Sanctuary, where he discovers he did not, in fact, kill anyone. It was the Speed Force explosion at that moment. Ah. Uh, not, not because there. he was there. No. The Speed Force explosion was bringing out Savitar from the Speed Force, where he was thought to be dead. Okay. And basically, the explosion is what killed everyone. God. And that in itself is cool. It's a good way to redeem it while you didn't do it. And all the suffering you've gone through can be kind of dismissed and we're done sure. with that. Yeah. But they also had it timed perfectly so that the speed force bot will hit everyone except Roy right away. <laughs> so Roy could talk to Wally. Oh, okay. <laughs> now Roy is also an integral character in infinite frontier. So yep. does, that, does, it, does that have any connection as well? No, because the way they handle it is Roy's like, what is going on? Why is everyone shocked by your speed force? While he tries to play it off so that Roy doesn't know what's happening in the future, yeah. they eventually just kind of reveal it all to him. And then Roy puts two and two together that he's going to die. 
Right. And he then tells Wally, like when they're because they try to find any way possible to stop Savitar and not break the timeline, which is what they're going to deal with. Right. 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 And what happens is they decide to go with, and I'm sorry for spoilers for anyone here. Like it's, it's worth a read even with this knowledge. Yeah. I am apologizing. I just realized how much of this I'm spoiling right off the bat. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm just going to ask, like, why doesn't he just shove Roy into the future so that he like dies or disappears? Well, they, they word it. Mr. Terrific words. It basically where it has to still happen in the way it's intended. Okay. And Roy c- figures that out and gets to basically ease Wally's guilt and say goodbye to Green Arrow. Okay. Because Ollie, which I found weird to be in the beginning of the story as a part of this whole arc, right. has been there the whole time. And they can see what Wally's seeing. So right. Roy gets to say goodbye to Ollie, too. So he gets a final goodbye to everyone. The only problem with that is he's already alive again. Yeah, so it doesn't <laughs> really matter. <laughs> but okay. I mean, yeah. man, you know, if you just have a strong editorial team, you don't have to do annuals and constant retconning to try and fix just a boneheaded decision that was made in an I event. actually liked Heroes in Crisis. Mm. But it was just weird that of all the characters that Tom King got to, that got to use, he got to pin it on Booster Gold, Harley Quinn, and it was Wally West. Like that yes. that I feel was the problem. The format for it, the stu- the mystery of who actually did it, mm-hmm. the thought that it was Booster Gold or Harley Quinn, all of that was great. Yeah. Then revealing that it was Wally West losing control of his powers right after we got him back. Yeah. Right after we got him back, Sal. Right. It's not like Wally's been floating around for 20 years doing things and we just had nothing else to do with him. <laughs> no. Well, that that to me just says this is this is the agenda of a certain individual who worked at an editorial level at DC Comics who was fired unceremoniously behind the scenes. Uh yeah. You know, I don't like Wally. I don't like these characters get rid of them or assassinate their characterization. So the people don't like them just as much as I already but it wasn't, like it wasn't working And sanctuary was all no. about all the characters that basically had been forgotten in DC. So you could have used anyone. Yep. It could have been anybody. And it could have been, and that would have even worked in the plot. That would have worked in the plot. Cause the plot was, these are the guys that you haven't seen. Yeah. Like that was the plot. Sal. <laughs> I know. I know. You could have pulled out anybody and been like, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it was Lagoon Boy the whole time. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, and we would have been like, oh yeah, look, they went through a lot of stuff, and that's what happened. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, with the heroes in crisis, it wasn't even like Wally finally snapped. It was Wally had a panic attack. Yeah. Like that that was where they ch- didn't even make any sense. That was the worst part of a heroes of crisis. The whole idea and concept was great, but oh yeah. No. It just buttoned up with a panic attack is what killed everyone. Yeah. What? Yeah. The idea of Heroes in Crisis, I I do agree, was a good one. It's just the execution and the ultimate effect was uh was 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 lessened it just yeah. didn't work so that's what i read and well how do you feel do you feel this this kind of fixes wally though yeah, that was I a mean, big topic that's why i wanted to spoil what was happening fix in that. wally because wally is right now the flash yeah. barry's doing you know other stuff multiverse stuff uh barry has to be more important because that was in, that was josh williams's entire career was elevating Wally or uh, re-elevating Barry after John's and making Barry like relatable and fun and the main flash. So Wally will never overshadow Barry again, but at, at current reading and recording Wally is the, the day-to-day flash. Yeah. And uh, and that's nice. Good. And they constantly kept bringing up, by the way, I killed a bunch of people. 
Yeah, yeah. We, we remember Wally. We all want to forget. Why don't you? Well, well that's the thing is like <laughs> you, you can't forget because like if you're a Flash fan, you're also a continuity fan. Like you don't yeah. just like characters who are fast. You love Flashes and their influence on continuity and how they could go back in time and change everything. And it's like, why don't you fix this one thing that nobody that nobody likes? Yeah. And then they I'll give you did. that. So it's about and time. They did. And they did it in a good story too. It wasn't just like here's an animal that fixes it. It was like here's an arc. And yeah. it concludes with the conclu- with the fixing that, which was exactly great. exactly, and it's connected to Savitar, who I think emerged during Wally, like during the Mark Wade run, because I think Wade invented Savitar. Yeah, and but, he was uh, killed, and they bring that up too. Like, weren't you dead? And he's like, I've been hibernating. Sure. <laughs> okay, Savitar, uh, which is great because the Flash Savitar is is not even close to the Savitar in the comics. Mm. So anybody who's a Flash TV show fan is going to be like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, I did read Batman, the detective, which I really enjoy. Uh, okay. It's a fun book. The art's great. Uh, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's confusing. Cause I remember Taylor saying it was in continuity, but I think I'm starting to get it. And I don't think it is. And I think it's set in the future. I don't know. And it's, it's kind of like a pre dark Knight returns kind of book. Is that like the Batman reptile one where half the villains are dead? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I thought this was in continuity. Like, no, quite obviously not. You've murdered half the Arkham Asylum. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, Reptile, man, that that book. Well, first of all, it was written for Steve Dillon, so it's obviously years old. And second, uh, yeah, it, it has this. It, that's a crazy book in and of itself. But yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a Black Label book too. That's over there. Um, <laughs> I did read Infinite Frontier as well, and it just continues the mystery. Um, My only, in- I liked that. I liked Infinite Frontier. Yeah, My only complaint is titling. We have Infinite Frontier 1, and then we have Infinite Frontier 1 again. Like, oh my god. Well, there was Infinite Frontier, and then there was Infinite Frontier Secret Files, and Infinite Frontier... Yeah, like, what? what is in Infinite Frontier? Finally, you can look at the cover and just go like, oh, this is issue 2 of 6. Yeah, exactly. I, I know what okay. I'm reading, so that's great. I thought it was, like, the current direction of DC, but now it's a book. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, and it is, but, it, but it's... A, it's this, is the, this is phase 1 of the new status Don't quo phase DC. it. Don't yeah. phase it. We, we've got enough phases. I hear you. I'm waiting for phase five of Harry Potter to come out, Sal. <laughs> oh, well, then you haven't clearly seen the stage play or read any of the <laughs> I have read the stage play. Ugh, it's so horrible. Uh, there's also apparently a video game. I remember seeing a trailer for it like five years ago. Remember that game? I'm going to play that. It's like an open world join the Harry Potter cult. I know. When does that friggin' come out? Never at this rate. Right? Exactly. Like, come on, <laughs> give me that. Uh, yeah, I think those are the only two books that I read that came out today, but I did buy Joker Justice League last ride detective comics. So. Yeah. I got Joker literally opened up. I was going to read it before this, but I just kind of got bogged down with work and stuff like that. Great series. Uh, all right. Well, anything, any other comics you want to talk about? What about what's going on at X-Men? Oh, uh, X-Men, you know, it just launched last week uh, with a new number one, with a new okay. creative team. Am I confused? Why is we had X-Men one through 22 and now we yep. have X-Men number one. Yes, it's a relaunch. It's a new volume. Uh, this okay. one's X-Men, new team, new direction. Uh, Pepe Larraz is drawing it for, I hope, forever. Uh, it's written by Jerry Duggan, and it has a very different feel from any other Jerry Duggan book that I've read. Um, it's great. I love it. And it's it's the X-Men ingratiating themselves back into the Marvel universe. Like, they are, this is the superhero X-Men team. This is the team Which, that does as much as stuff. I'm enjoying Hickman, I wanted that. Yeah. That is what I feel was missing for me from the Hickman run. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of Krakoa. I like what they're doing. I like sometimes w- walking away from the comic going, what the hell was that? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, like the X-Men at, book. <laughs> but, but at all times, I've always been like, 
where's the X-Men in the normal continuity book? Right. Where is Wolverine, Cyclops, what, or the new team intermingling with the rest of the Marvel Universe? So yeah, I haven't read X-Men of- 1 yet, but I am going to check that out if, if yeah. it's finally putting them back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, we, now we've established all the world building. We spent a year with Hickman world building the X-Men. Yeah, outside of uh, King and Black, which they were integral in. Uh, Not really. They they fought. They're pirates. they're in it. Like <laughs> they are they are undis- They're on at least two covers of King and Black. Uh, the they're also theory. in in Heroes Reborn. Yeah, kind, kind of. of. <laughs> it's not about them, you know. Like, <laughs> if it's Aaron, they just ignore it. But this is, you know, the Fantastic Four show up, the Avengers show up, Spider Man shows up, and it's just like this is the X Men being heroes, but also setting up the new status quo and, and what they're doing and, and why they're doing it. And uh, it still is the exact same feel as the last couple of year or so of X-Men, um, but in a new direction that is still directly connected to the status quo of X-Men. Like, it's not like, ah, here is nineties X-Men. It's just more like, here's more of this dawn of X reign of X yeah. period. Uh, I think it's technically called dawn of X still. I yeah. yeah, that's what my books say over there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, just check the spine. But it looks so, great. Yeah, but the go- and the art's gorgeous. <laughs> I'm still on board of this, Al. I'm still on board of this. Good. Yeah, let me tell um, you when that when that event hits. Like, at, like, we'll see how you feel after Inferno. Is yeah, Inferno is yeah. the next big event, and I think that's I think it's going to be pretty dope. The uh, uh, chances we're in Rain of X, so we're past yes. dawn. Now we're in Rain. Now we're in rocks. <laughs> yeah, I like that because it was hot um, pox. Docs, I'm gonna make a quick comment here, footnote for our chat and our audience, everyone. Uh, we are not gonna be discussing Black Widow on this show. Uh, we, we have full opinions of it. We both enjoyed it, uh, but it's on our Absolutely Marvel in DC channel, uh, located over at. If you go to YouTube, you can search Absolutely Marvel in DC. If you're watching on Twitch, it's the VOD from yesterday. We did film it live like we normally would. It was just was a separate episode from the normal Absolute Comics podcast. If you're interested, go check it out. We both enjoyed it though. Just, I'll tell you that right now. So True. yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so moving on to our first topic in the list here, then, unless you get another combo book to talk about, we good? Yeah, no, we're good. Let's, okay. let's move on. Zombified version of the Suicide Squad is about to take over Gotham City in a new series titled Task Force Z. <laughs> uh, Matthew Rosenberg, Eddie Barrows, and Eber Ferreira. Okay. Uh, and I put the chat over the rest of that if you want to read the rest of that for me. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. Let me pull it up here. Um, <laughs> Because I can't even reach my keyboard now with this yes, new camera. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, this event will pit the Justice League against a secret army of vampires. Oh, no, that's, that's the, I'm sorry, that's a different thing. Um, <laughs> I, I heard Wait, zombies. that's also written by Matthew Rosenbaum. Hold it on, is. we're going to do both of these. So we got the right, Suicide right. Squad as zombies. Yes. There's also a DC 12-issue maxi series, DC versus Vampires, also written by Matthew Rosenberg with James Tynan involved. <laughs> yes, and Otto Schmidt. So you're like, well, okay. So uh, with 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 Task Force Z, the squad's being led by Red Hood, and it's in the main continuity as it is tied to A-Day, which was the Arkham Asylum Joker attack. Uh, and the squad will include Bane, Man Bat, the Arkham Knight, Sh- Sundowner, and Mr. Bloom. That's a great team. I love that. I can't and they're zombies because Bane's dead. They're bringing back Bane right away. And Mr. Right. Bloom's coming back. They're all, yeah. these are dead. Wait, Arkham Knight's not dead. No, neither is uh, Man Bat or Mr. Bloom. No, Mr. Bloom's dead. No. Yeah. He can't die. He's like a rubber man. Like he... <laughs> I don't was think anyone's even used Hold on. Him. Was he ever alive to begin with? I think, yeah. I think he's a guy. Like he knew them. I thought he was a flower. He uses flowers or seeds. It's been a long time. 
but uh, yeah. So anyway, that, that so there's that. There's Zombified Task Force Z. Cool. They're gonna murder Man Bat and Arkham Knight. They're just gonna be like, "Hey, here they are!" Bang! All right, get up. I hope <laughs> not. Maybe that's spoilers for the end of the Man Bat miniseries. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, it, it, by the way, it could not be. Maybe they're not necessarily zombies. Maybe it's like characters that have died and come back to life. Like Red Hood is definitely, you know, on yeah. that team. Yeah, he is. I mean, oh, zombie Red Hood now. Is mm. that is that where his character arc is going next? Right. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Knowing what they do with him. Yeah. I mean, he's been to space. He fought the supernatural. He's <laughs> teamed up with Bizarro. He was in Three Jokers for no reason. Like this. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 busy. So, yeah. Plus, uh, the other thing that we were talking about, which was so DC important. versus vampires, looks like it's out of continuity. Yes, that's its own thing. It's apparently going to be a maxi series, uh, DC versus vampires, October, and uh, apparently both books are coming out in October and will be. Written you know what this is? Yeah. They realize deceased can only go so far, and they're they're trying something new now. Well, it could like, be deceased, the Taylor. Deceased Taylor, has no like one over. more solid volume about deceased in it. Yes. And what I mean by that, because I know a lot of people can be like, no, deceased universe could continue forever. It could. Yeah. So could earth too. But right. eventually the core plot that you were hooked on will be done. Yes. And they will move to the next one. Whether you like it or not is going to be entirely on you. Walking dead can technically go forever, but yeah. the walking dead that, you know, ended eventually, you know what I mean? That's right. So, deceased will have to end its current plot and move on to the next thing just like a lot of these other tom taylor projects do right uh and that i feel like this is dc trying out other things that could potentially be the next thing just like a justice like they didn't have a plan for when justice ended no they didn't have a plan for when justice began no no (laughs) they were just like tie-in comic for the video game and then it turned into tom taylor's career uh but yeah no i i I love that idea also because dc i've enjoyed it but i want it to be over like not that i want i hate it but i want it to end on a high note i want yeah i want it to end on a conclusion yes and and vampires why not go for it please vampires are popular just league versus a secret army of vampires sure who's gonna turn into a vampire probably everybody Except Superman, or there'll be a, uh, there will be a vampire with kryptonite fags. Now can I talk about can I talk magic. about magic? I got a tangent. I got a tangent. He's okay. magic. You're right, but I got a tangent about Superman just because I mentioned that as a joke. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be spoilers for the current season of Superman, but since the last episode aired like a month ago, yeah. Like in theory, anybody who cared has already seen it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I'm and the only reason I'm mentioning this now is because I just. Finally caught up to do the review with Dan and Dylan tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Dan, can I get your approval for finally finishing it? You have my approval. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question because you're a Superman fan, and I know we're both not reading Superman until Tom Taylor takes it over at this point. Yeah. Um, why is it the best and most interesting Superman stories is always when he fights his other Kryptonian fellows. The plot to Superman and Lois is that we discovered he has a brother. Right. I heard he has that. an actual yeah. brother from from his mother's other marriage. So that's why he never knew they existed. Okay. They they even explain it. They explain it. They're, that that basically Zorel uh Jorel yeah. is the marriage she wanted and this is the prearranged one by ah. the council. Okay. So so like it even makes sense how they handled it in the show. And the other brother was sent ahead of him yeah. by the other family but wasn't treated well. So he's like basically Zod is basically right. what he is now. Like, <laughs> right, right. But they don't want to call him Zod. Uh-huh. Right, right. They don't want to use Zod this early. Probably they're going to pull Fair a flash. Enough. Every season's got a Kryptonian. Uh, <laughs> and this yeah. one they've made up. Okay. The problem I have, and I love the show. The show's doing a great job of this, but it made me realize 
the best stories in movies and shows that we've seen about Superman mm-hmm. all the way back to, you know, 79 Superman. Right. Have been against other Kryptonians. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's usually because it's a self-contained story. They don't want to have him fight dark side for whatever reason. They're also afraid of Brainiac being a thing. So they need a character that Superman can punch right. because every time that he hasn't punched a character, the movie did poorly. Superman three, Superman returns, you know, every Superman movie, Superman four. And, and that was uh, one of the best parts about the show. The show has that moment, you know, where they grab each other, they slam each other into mountains. You get all the CG. It looked great. It was, yeah. I was like, how is this a CW? Right. <laughs> right. Like this should have been a movie with how much quality they're putting into this. I was surprised. I really was. Yeah. Uh, and you, I think you would love that show, Sal. Yeah. That, I, I, that, I enjoyed the first episode when we watched it, but uh, two and three weren't the greatest, but after that, it's fine. It's okay. all Superman Lois. Cool. There's two and three trying to do too much of the kids stuff. I didn't like yeah, that. Part. Yeah. I think they got the, the message too. Cause they were like, Oh geez, these kids. But what I'm saying is why is Superman? Oh, because everyone's like, why don't you read more Superman? This is my problem with Superman mm-hmm. to make him interesting. You need stakes that he can actually fail at. Right. Right. And right. regular robber, even Lex Luthor, most of the time, he can't do anything. Or Lex Luthor's like, I found more kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> Lex Luthor defeats Superman ideologically. He defeats him, uh, you know, sociologically, uh the the idea but they, of uh, but there but it's not like a consistent thing the problem is it's like joker joker's useless when they bring him back every other week yes i agree yeah he's overexposed and that's right like, superman villains are tough because superman can do anything and he's like the, the the strongest smartest and best so you know he fights parasite oh no he can steal superman's powers how will superman defeat parasite because you're watching it but like superman kind of highlights the issue with superhero comics it's in that you're not watching to see if Superman makes it. You're seeing how Superman will defeat the villain. Yeah. And that's that's every superhero story. It's just that Superman makes it a lot more obvious that that is what the story ultimately is. And if you are if you're, you're worth your salt and you're writing a good Superman story, your story is not about like the the fight. The fight is in a is a thematic representation of the true conflict that Superman is having, either ideologically or personally as Clark Kent or uh sociologically when he's dealing with like a larger issue or or a more personal uh, intimate issue and so like when it comes to hollywood hollywood just doesn't know how to break that mold they're just like it's superman you know we can't get over the the dick donner stuff where it's just like he can fly and it's amazing it's mesmerizing the music oh and it's like yeah it's great but like what's he gonna do next and it's like oh i I don't care nor do i understand and they have a one-dimensional understanding of superman so they're like well uh lex Luthor's lame so obviously gotta fight somebody it's gotta be goku it's gotta fight another goku like and it's just like (laughs) that's not that's not superman like superman is not a zod fight and it's like it's, it's more not, than a Zod fight is my problem. Yeah. Now, now, what doesn't help is I'm sitting here going, it was amazing watching yeah. him fight his brother. It was dope, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And I, I'm a Dragon Ball fan, so you're not wrong. but <laughs> Right? Like, oh, wow, Goku's a terrible dad. But look, he's going to punch something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but uh, I don't want to, like, but Superman better not be a terrible dad because Superman's Superman. It's a different character. And I think that's what I love about the show. He is mm-hmm. a great dad. And they And they spend the first, like, good chunk of the show establishing that like, right right, right. <laughs> and i think that and, but that's the thing is that like you can have your cake and eat it too when it comes to superman it's just that like you know just don't you just just enjoy and explore the character and that's the real ultimate issue with every live action adaptation of superman it's just like no one ever just goes well i like superman so i know about his cast, his supporting characters, his villains, and I can come up with a with an interesting angle on Toy Man or yeah. anybody. 
You know, like it doesn't have to always be Zod. And I think that the Zod thing is just, it's just quick. It's just a quick shorthand. Uh, another Kryptonian. That way he can fight him. And, and, well, that's and, what I feel like they're doing because they did that with with Flash. Season one was Reverse Flash. Season two was the other Reverse Flash. It's all, fa- it's all Se- fast. <laughs> yeah, fast. and season three was Savitar. And at Savitar, we were all like, okay, is he just going to run faster? Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah, I, like, it's, so I'm expecting Superman to be like, it's his brother. And then it's the other Kryptonian. And right, then and it's Zod. Zod like, and, then it's <laughs> and then it's like, uh, you know, yeah. I, I fully expect it to be just nonsense. And then an evil Superman. And then evil son. And then evil. <laughs> well, naturally, they'll have to make Superman bad. His son will have, one of his sons will have to like r- rise up and fight Superman and then maybe kill him or yeah. go and throw him into the Phantom Zone. Then the other brother will go bad and then they'll have to fight each other. He won't be strong enough. They'll go to the Phantom Zone, go get his dad. You know, it's going to be really stupid. I'm going to laugh uh, in that season three, what you just described. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, like it's just, it's C w it's tv it's it's warner brothers so like i know what their playbook is they've been using it for 35 years <laughs> uh the other problem i had i i realized watching the show and if you want a full review of the actual show and i'll be discussing this with dan and dylan tomorrow yeah uh, when we film it uh, over at absolutely marvel and dc the channel that sal and i run with dylan and sal and dan uh we do a, a weekly review on superman yeah. The other problem I noticed and you'll get a kick out of this we all kind of ignore the glasses to clark kent thing yeah you know what i mean like it it's fine on cartoons, it's fine on comic books, but whenever it's live action and Lois is literally sitting this close to Superman, it just doesn't work. You know like, why it doesn't work? It's just it, it's only worked once. And it was Chris Reeve. <laughs> and why it worked that way is because Chris Reeve actually acted. Yeah. You know, like Henry Cavill, I love him as Superman. So please, here come the here comes the hate. But it's like Henry Cavill looks like that SNL sketch where the rock is Clark Kent. It's just, he shows up and he's like mad. He has to wear glasses. He's just like, hello. Like he doesn't even change his voice. He doesn't change his yeah. posture. He does no, he makes no effort to be Clark Kent. He's like, well, this isn't going to last. Is it people? I mean, come on, like, come on. But he did it. Uh, Brandon Routh did it. He, his Clark actually was one of my favorites, but he just was being the Chris Reeves Superman again. Yeah. So I don't really count it. But everybody else, like Tyler Hockton, whatever his name is, yeah. uh, his Superman, he's doing it okay, Clark, but it's like, it's Midwest non-city Clark. It's, he's not like, he's not doing the, the all-star Superman, oh, that's how people confuse the two, slouching, bad. Right, no, he's know, not, and that, I think that's my issue yeah. with him in the role. Yeah. He's Superman, and he's Superman all the time. And the right. only reason why he might get away with this because he's wearing flannel. Well, he works at a farm, so yeah. of course he'd be built. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right, but, exactly. Well, like I did, the last episode was like a recap episode, and they just showed the scenes of like Lois Lane interviewing Superman and then talking to Clark. And I'm yeah. like, they're both just Superman. Close. Like he didn't even shave the stubble, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> that's weak. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, and that's just like you know what else it is. The guy was created in 1937. Uh, they weren't thinking of like HD TV interviews at the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. If you, I just, I just, all, all I'm saying is, I mean, we all, know, we all just ignore the, the Superman Clark Kent conundrum, but whatever it's live action, it just works less. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and well, that's the problem. That's for me. That's the, that's a huge issue because Superman should be a perfect movie because Superman is like a perfect uh, American myth. He's actually the best American myth. Uh, you take Johnny Appleseed or John Henry I. No, Superman is like the best American myth we have. And yeah. cinema is one of the best art forms we've ever created. 
and to it's like i want to see that perfect marriage and i think that's why people keep hailing the the the, the 78 movie and it's just because like because they kind of nailed it and they did. the movie is pretty boring like oh you just pissed off half our audience <laughs> sorry it's it is the opening 35 minutes are pretty boring and superman doesn't do much and his his solution to the problem is a power he never has so you know but the, but the feel the music the acting everything works it's just that like you know if they just embraced more of superman it'd be a perfect superman movie and i'm just right waiting for that to happen but you know what it's a comic book and that's all we need is just a perfect superman comic here's the thing is there a super perfect superman movie for me no is there a perfect superman comic there's probably like a 50 <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah the movie's just the, the, the big issue just boils down to just like the excuse of the glasses versus not glasses is that no one who's really going to see Superman. He's moving quick. He's coming in and That's out. That's fair. Yeah. But, but if Lois does. He's on TV. Yeah. Yeah. No, she should definitely. I mean, she's an investigative reporter, but uh, maybe she doesn't. Maybe she chooses not to see it. Maybe she's he's, terrible at her job. Yeah, she's, just, she's just awful at her job. Really. Yeah. That's what it is. She's just the worst. And, All right. Uh, so let's move on to the next topic then. I think I, I've derailed this enough with a Superman talk. Superman. Yeah. Uh, DC, this is more for you, Sal, but DC has officially revealed the Wildcats yes. in the Urban Legends book. What do you think? I know, I know. Well, it's funny that they cram it in this in this Urban Legends book, but they've been teasing Wildcats for a while. Grifter obviously has been Ugh. pushed in a big bad way. Yep. You're right. <laughs> oh, I just got a weird chill from that coffee sip right there. That oh, was oh, oh. Uh, but Grifter's been pushed in a big bad way, but then Zealot showed up and I'm sure we're going to see more. And then of course the, and the, one of the pages, it says the Wildcats will return. Yeah. I mean, like I should hope so. Uh, here's the thing. I, I do. I like the Wildcats. I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I appreciate it and I, I get it, but you know, there haven't been a lot of Wildcats comics that I've been like, this is really awesome stuff. It's just more like, boy, Jim Lee drew some really cool alternate X-Men characters. Well, and, I mean, it's kind of like the argument with Lobo. Like, I, I yeah. like Lobo as a character. Right. Can I name a Lobo story that's actually good off the top of my head? No. Right. <laughs> that's funny because, like, I hate Lobo, but yeah. I also appreciate that, like, he's made for me to hate him. Yeah, like, that, that's what I mean. Like, I cannot think of a solid Lobo story where I could be like, someone goes, I really like the idea of Lobo. Where do I read more of Right. He killed Santa once. I mean, right? like that, I got like nothing for you. Cause yeah. no Lobo story is good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, it, it certainly doesn't paint Lobo in a positive light. Like if you just want to hang out with Lobo and you want to enjoy an adventure of his, I don't know what to sell you. I mean, yeah. like maybe Lobo's bad. I hate to say it, but the best Lobo story and arc was Twilight Lobo. Because right. they decided, okay, wait, wait, we need a character behind this muscle-bound cigar-smoking guy. Yeah. It, 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 honestly, honestly, if they had not changed his design and kept classic Lobo, I feel like that's that story would have done fine. Hmm. I never even read it, so... They they changed they changed his character so that he was moody and emo. Yeah. And they changed his design to be Pretty Boy. Yeah. But then they gave him a whole backstory, motivation, direction, mm -hmm. why he was on Earth, what was going on. Right. None of that exists with classic Lobo. And I don't care if you're like, no, no, he's the main man. He's a bounty yeah. hunter. He was the last cesarean. I get all that. Uh -huh. Tell me the story where that matters. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and with respect to how that all ties in with Wildcats, like there's there's a lot of Wildcat stories. They've tried to relaunch them at least three times. I don't know. 
maybe they'll work this time in the DC universe. The problem is that they've never really given them a fair shake in the DC no, universe. They like they've never actually done a good job of integrating that team into the DC universe. And it needs to look dope. That's like part of like 90% of Wildcats is it's got to look dope. Cause that's why it Wildcats sold. They certainly didn't read it for the hard hitting social political commentary. They didn't like, you know, that book didn't hit with kids or, or, or adults because it was uh, so compelling and it was a, right. it was just a really uh, brilliant drama or examination of the human condition. It was, it, it just looked dope and they do dope shit in it. So hopefully they do that in this. Like if the Wildcats return, they better have a plan for them and they better execute it quickly. Like yeah. th- this has been a really slow burn to bring back the Wildcats. And it's like, yo, people are already yeah, quest- like five years. <laughs> yeah. and people are people. Every time Grifter shows up, people go, why Grifter? And it's like, they're already questioning the coolest looking one. So you'd better launch that now. Like yeah, all of exactly. them. Like you're, you better not be like, oh, well, let me introduce Maul slowly. Let me introduce Void. Well, the only reason I'll give them the pass to do it slowly like they're doing yeah. is because they've put it in the back of something called Batman. Yes. <laughs> and it's a smart <laughs> idea. And, and I honestly, of all the Batman books running right now, I like James Tynan's Batman. I really yeah. do. Yeah. But I will say, I love Urban Legends. The right, idea that great. there's a book that is actually doing okay that tells more stories about Red Hood and Batgirl is spoiler. And I get yes. these little one-offs about Katana. Yep. I'm loving Urban Legends. Yeah. And no, putting Grifter in there is super intelligent. It is. Well, and by the way, this doesn't even, this buries the lead in a big bad way where it's like, no, no, no. They're not just bringing back Wildcats. Death Blow is back. It looks like Caitlin Fairchild is here. So there's an indication of Gen 13, which is kind of unbelievable. Uh, and I hope Jim they... Lee still has a lot of creative say over at DC, doesn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. He's That's in... why. he's one of the head honchos. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't seem to give a crap about any of those characters. Like he sold them the first chance he got for an executive position at the company. So well, yeah, but I mean, it's an executive position at DC for characters that you can't sell on their own. Yes, <laughs> but I would argue like you, he could have parlayed all of his Wildstorm characters into multimedia franchises. But again, I, if you're gonna if you're counterpoint gonna... to that. Yeah. How's the Millerverse doing? <laughs> <laughs> Not great. Not great. Well, yeah, but, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't have led with Jupiter's legacy, maybe. <laughs> you know? Uh, and I might have hung on to Kick-Ass. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope at the very least that there's a plan because Gen 13, I think there's potential there. I know it's probably just because I read it back when I was a kid, but yeah. I do genuinely feel like a team of primarily female super characters who are really only mainly focused on the interpersonal drama of these kids like that sells it's called young adult fiction like that's literally a billion dollar cottage industry oh i know they've tried to make the runaways a thing so many times right but mar you know see what marvel's problem with is always you know like let's make them let's make them work but don't make them work too well because we don't want them to overshadow our main characters because our main characters are in their 20s oh i know and, and what's funny is the MCU is going to make them have to because yeah. suddenly the Avengers are all going to be, you know, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, Riri Williams, Ironheart. Yeah, okay. I want to take another tangent on that real quick. Sure, yeah. The running theory now is that we're going to get the young Avengers. Yeah. I am going to laugh my ass off mm-hmm. at all of the guys. Yeah. And this isn't oh, like, oh, oh, oh yes, this, I know what you mean. This isn't a stab at comic scan or anything. There's an entire 
like group of people in the in the Marvel comics that want no young superheroes, no Miss Marvel, no Miles, nope. get rid of Robbie Reyes. I want no new superheroes. Yeah. I'm gonna laugh my ass off mm-hmm. when the MCU turns into nothing but young Avengers fighting <laughs> all of this stuff and tells the stories of all new, all different Marvel from 2016. Yeah. <laughs> and and those same guys are like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's a genius. Roll it into the Young Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like they're going to be, they're going to be in the opposite. Like they're going to go like, well, I hated it, right? I mean, this is stupid. <laughs> and so they're just going to be like, just going to scream louder and louder and louder as more and more people are like, well, this is what the MCU is. Like, uh, you know, as far as the non-comic readers are concerned, they're like, well, this is the natural progression of the, of the universe. Well, Cause characters need to age out. Everything I've to. said. That's one thing I like about DC. Everyone's like, if, 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 if we know you like DC and Marvel, which do you prefer? And I'm like, honestly, DC. And the reason is simple. Every five years, it gets a soft reboot. I wish it was more of a hard reboot, mm-hmm. but the thing is they're allowed to go insane in five years and then go, Hey, we'll just start over again. Yeah. Like in yeah. Marvel is still 60 spider, 60 years of Spider-Man. Yeah. We have to have a whole new line of comics called life story to organize itself. I'm like, fine with that. <laughs> no, they're great. They are I great. Love, oh. I love Marvel's, uh, I love Marvel sliding time scale. That's that's for me. That's, that's a preferable. That's why when DC was like, everything happened and everything matters. I'm like, finally. CJ, CJ in our chat, because we do this live at twitch.tv slash a comic story every Tuesday at five, says we've already seen it with Falcon Cap. It went over a lot smoother than it did in the comics. And it 100% did. And what this does is is twofold, twofold. One, it says that this stuff isn't a bad idea. Aging characters up, letting them retire, bringing in a new person is not a bad idea. It also says handle it better than the Marvel comics did. Because mm-hmm. like I said, back when All New All Different came out, the only big issue with All New All Different Marvel and replacing every superhero was doing it all at once. Yeah. The MCU was doing these one at a time. Yep. Well, That's it's just, the it's, way to do it. And it's earned. Like, yes, Iron Man is dead. There's nothing, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Are you going to stop? Are you going to reboot? Or are you going to keep going? And if you keep going, you got to get a new Iron Man. Yeah. And if you're going to get a new Iron Man, maybe you might want to plan for a younger character. And it's like, yeah, that's what you do. And it feels earned because it feels like it's part of an ongoing saga. So that that's how it should feel. And Marvel should have known that when they did yeah. all that stuff in the first place. Because that but was yes. the biggest issue. I, I think that, that uh, and I've said this since the beginning, all the different Marvel. I don't think any of the characters are bad. I don't think most of the stories are terrible. I think out of all of that, the the worst one was honestly just Ironheart because Bendis yeah. just kept basically being like, I don't give a shit if it makes sense. Ironheart's now Iron Man. Just do it. That the Ironheart thing was just it. It felt very, uh, very forced, and yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it not even the character, but it just like what's what's. It wasn't even that it was Riri Williams. It was that it was like Jim Rhodes has a care has a daughter or a niece. Yeah, niece. That is the that exact character, and it's just Bennis went. Oh, cool. Well, I'm gonna do that, but my character, so I could more royalties Let's right she just didn't make act- any sense was the issue it was well, just she, like- made, she made perfect sense she didn't make sense to bendis's paycheck like <laughs> I, like oh, no, no, i'm saying riri riri did oh yeah sense. riri williams made because no riri sense. literally out of the blue was just like hey look i'm as smart as iron man what yeah oh hey he died now i'm iron man yeah what, what? <laughs> who are you though it, what it, it, it was- war machine it had rescue very- like- right <laughs> yeah there's plenty of other iron men before you person that literally never existed before now (laughs) she's the only one i felt like was just handled poorly and it was a side of bendis going in the direction he's been doing for a little while now where it's with naomi where it's just like hey this naomi and she's stronger than the justice league yep and uh yeah 
Okay. <laughs> and you know why? Because there's a CW show and I get executive producer credit and I'm getting exactly. a big check because writing comic books sells very poorly, but getting residuals from DC comics on comic book characters, adaptations pays very well. Yeah. Um, and I do want to clarify something real quick. So everyone is like, what do you mean by Twilight Lobo? If you Google new 52 Lobo, you'll see Twilight Lobo. That was what he was called back then. Just mm -hmm. clarifying that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Colloquially, like people refer yeah. to him as such. So anyway, that was yeah. a whole bunch of tangents. Just but... to say that Wildcats is coming back and <laughs> yippee. <laughs> I just love to just to say Wildcats is coming back. Apparently. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, uh, what's next? Uh, real quick, for those who are watching this in the afterwards, because the way we had to record today, because of the new system, Sal keeps freezing. We're aware of that. Uh, it will have to be in the video. We don't have a way to fix oh, that. Oh, that's so. weird. I haven't frozen once in my broadcast. You keep stuttering. I don't know what's going on. I don't. Uh, or if it's just me. But it, regardless, I'm giving Dan the out for what he's editing it. All right, cool. Just give me a hot sign of okay, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have got uh, comic book TV shows are finally getting recognition that they deserve with the boys and WandaVision received multiple Emmy nominations, including Elizabeth Olsen being nominated for Best Lead, I'm assuming Actress, because like, yeah. that part got cut off. Um, I am going to say I'm actually happy it's the boys before, uh, with all these other ones. Because as much as I am loving these Disney Plus shows, they are not the first one to make a superhero TV show good. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all I have for that. I don't, do you have anything to add to that, Sal? I think it's great. I think it's nice. And uh, I think it'll be more palatable for the culture at large and for like these kind of academies to get like to give a normalized superhero slash comic book adaptations these kind of accolades. Because like, everybody's like, give superhero slash comic book adaptation movies academy awards and it's like whoa slow your roll but golden globes maybe emmys well you know what this does say what's so that? i was having this discussion i forget what, i think maybe it was yesterday or the other day i was saying that the mcu formula and everyone's like no no the mcu movies feel different they're different they, and what what we're talking about when he said the mcu formula is that they all follow the exact same hero's journey yeah. They change it up. They throw a heist movie in there, throw whatever. But everything involving the MCU typically involves superhero is discovered. Superhero either wants to or doesn't want to be the next big thing. Uh, either wants to be and gets gets defeated. Doesn't want to be, gets defeated. Discovers some new power or the MCU level up. Goes back to fight the villain. Discovers that they can be a hero all along through the power of courage, friendship, justice, something. It's the hero's journey. It's pretty standard. It's what they yep. go through. They just mix it up with side cast and subplots and things like that. Because uh, I was saying how Loki at the end of the day to me is feeling like your standard MCU fair. Yeah. Because Loki's literally leveling up. There literally is practically a level up scene in that movie. Yep. Or show. Um, but... With the larger space we're getting in WandaVision and Loki, we are able to do more subplots and more spectacle. Yeah. We don't have to go straight for that hero's journey. And I no. think that's the problem with the MCU movies and why they've never been nominated. At the end of the day, they're the exact same thing. Yeah. Superheroes discovered, superhero has a problem, superhero overcomes problem, big CGI fight. Mm -hmm. That's the joke in Wonder Woman, which probably had the most, I, uh, most possible subversive plot. If Wonder Woman ended before the Ares fight, that movie would have been perfect, in my opinion. Yes. But they put the Ares fight in there because that's the expectation in a superhero movie and what prevents them from getting all the awards. Mm -hmm. so. I, I also think that there is a stigma within Hollywood that says, like, oh, it's a superhero movie? Like, no. Like, Road to Perdition is a, is a comic book adaptation. It was the last movie that was uh, had director of photography uh, by Conrad L. Hall. And uh, 
it's a it's a perfect movie and it's beautiful and it's amazing and it's a comic book and i feel like it, it i don't think it won like any awards i think conrad l hall may have won an award because he died but outside of that it didn't win anything and i feel like it didn't because they were like wow this movie it's it's brilliant and it's like it's like it's like irish godfather can't wait oh it's it's a comic book never mind you can you can you can throw all those way never mind we're not yeah that. you're not wrong i mean it's well known that hollywood definitely has stigmas for a lot of things yeah i mean not to throw in a, a potential political hot topic, but there's it's a constant reoccurring thing of like female-led movies can't succeed, right? And that that's a Hollywood stigma. Like we've yeah. proven they can. Black yeah. Widow just broke records. Yeah, I mean Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. So Wonder Woman made, made a billion dollars. Wonder Woman made a billion dollars. Female-led too. movies can't succeed. Sam. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> right. And, and my examples are Aeon Flux. Uh, the Ghost in the Shell movie. Uh, <laughs> what other Scarlett Johansson movies didn't do very well? Uh, Lucy, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you watched it on Flux? It's, <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, Ultraviolet, like, yeah, these movies are not very good. Female like, Ghostbusters. Female <laughs> Ghostbusters. It's it's just here's the thing. That movie's just not very funny. Like at the end of the day, it's just a bad movie, and I don't like Kevin Feig. Like I think he's a terrible director. Like, yeah. It had nothing to do with them being women. It's just like, it's a bad movie, first and foremost. Yeah. But yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I, and Neko Neko in our chat there. Aliens. Yeah. I mean, that's been around since, like, the 80s. I think yeah. Aliens came out the 80s. And yeah. like, every, oh, female-led movies can't succeed. Well, why did that one then? Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, she's the only... There's literally only four women in Aliens. And one's an alien queen. <laughs> no, no. But, uh, yeah, no. Alien, she's the only one. It's her. Yeah. Uh, you know, Terminator 2 people want to talk about as well, Terminator. And it's like, yeah, she's the only one. Like, and there's a difference. Well, I love those movies and I appreciate them. But like, you know, I, I don't think those are shining examples of women in cinema. I think that's just more like, you know, whatever. the flukes of the time. And not even flukes, but like it, it is in its own way, like a subversion. It's like, oh, you thought Kyle Reese was the hero, but actually it's Sarah. What? You know, but also <laughs> uh, it, it was the strength of the actor and the genre and the yeah. fact that the movie like was an independent flick in the first place. So, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors in that. But uh, no, superhero movies can star women and they can be successful. It's just, you know, you know, it's funny. Um, I was just re I was just watching a thing about this the other day, uh, you know, because Ike Perlmutter was kind of like the impetus behind the lack of female driven superhero Marvel movies for the longest time until he was kind of like ousted as being the head honcho of the, of the studio. He always used to say, you know, female superheroes don't sell toys. And, right. you know, you'd think, I mean, I guess an executive might be thinking about that. I mean, obviously they changed the direction of ba the Batman franchise after Batman returns, because it was obviously not going to sell happy meals, but then you remember Ike Perlmutter used to own toy biz That's true. and he is a literal toy person. Like he's a toy executive. He thinks only in terms of what's going to sell plastic characters that he used to sell 30 years ago. Like yeah. dude hasn't toy biz hasn't existed for 20 years, <laughs> but like this dude is just in his mindset of like, well, it doesn't sell toys. And it's like, bro, you're in a movie business now. Like you're not selling plastic. Yeah, I mean that's the same argument they used to have with the Young Justice, though. Why did Young Justice get ended? Well, they said it wasn't selling enough toys. Right. Right. Like we can't just make good shows in cinema. Toys. First of all, where the hell are all those Young Justice action figures I hear so much about? Like, yeah, that's true. I never saw them. I'm right? a collector. I go buy things like that. Like, yeah. Like, oh, I didn't sell toys. Maybe you should try selling a few. 
<laughs> I definitely would have bought a Superboy, a Robin, an artist. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially the the characters they had in there. Like, I'd like to get an icon or a freaking static action figure from Young Justice. Are you kidding me? I gotta spend seventy dollars on an action figure from DC Icons to get static now. Screw you. Yeah, anyway. but yeah, so it's it's arbitrary and it's stupid. But I'm glad that at least we're getting some recognition. And the thing is, I remember them saying like Black. Panther should have got best picture. And I'm like, I think it's a pre- I think it's great that it got nominated, but like only nominate movies if they deserve them. Like I thought Black Panther was a great movie. Oh yeah. But I'm just saying like, but I don't think that just because superhero movies exist, they need to be, they don't need oh, to be no, that. I agree with like everyone gave crap because Endgame didn't get nominations. I'm like, right. Like, it's, it's really just a big fight guys. Like that's yeah. the time heist didn't fight. That's that's, I mean, you know, it, it, it is a masterclass. Like I think that Endgame, if, if, if return of the King, can win an Academy Award. I think Endgame deserves the for ex- the exact same justification you give Return of the King. Endgame deserves it as well, just because you know, because of the you know because a they got snubbed because Fellowship actually deserved the nomination for Best Picture, but also because of like the technical achievement and the the, the masterclass yeah. of creation and how they filmed it all in one like just the the effort and the work involved in making this franchise and making this film uh, and this film series like it's not just because of the construction of the Return of the King film. It's about like the all the other stuff and with Endgame. It's it's the same freaking deal. Like it, it, you know, even if you don't like Marvel movies, like the 10 year achievement, the callbacks, the rest oh, that's of the- what I said, I, I still to this day think that, uh, it, it, that infinity was it a war that and it, well, infinity war and Endgame, the great movies, yeah. but, and they're amazing as a finale to the MCU. Right. I don't think they hold up as Endgame a lot better than infinity war, but I, I, I still to this day, I don't think infinity war holds up as a solo movie. If you're not connected to the MCU. No, I don't now, think so. Now, I, I, now, my point is almost like null and void due to the fact that almost everyone in existence knows what the MCU is now. Right, <laughs> right. Well, and I, I, I rewatched uh, Endgame the other day, and I was like actually kind of impressed by how well constructed it was and how balanced it was. It reminded me very much of like a Zemeckis film where I'm like, look at how like every time you're, uh, you're like, n- you're not about to lose interest. It's like it gets you like eight seconds before you're about to lose interest, it switches focus and that it gives equal screen time to 14 characters. And then yeah. I, I was amazed by the achievement of just the orchestration. Cause it takes like thousands of people to, to make these, these, tw- these two and a half hour long opuses uh, to manage to coordinate a narrative. Oh yeah. Like, a, like just one story. Uh, amazing. I was like, that's kind of impressive. Uh, the the and, whole thing is a technical achievement. Right. Every scale, every, yeah, every measure. It's a technical achievement. I would 100 percent agree with that. Right. Uh, right. All right. Well, well, let's move on to the next topic here. Yeah, please. Yeah. Now we're just praising Endgame. How good it is. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Marvel fanboys uh, hate them. I, I know. Uh, apparently, there is controversy on the internet about the new design for Lola Bunny and Space Jam: A New Legacy not having boobs. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I said I wanted to keep this on the topic because you want me to talk about Lola Bunny's boobs, Dan. Right. Dan. I do need to ask you, how old is this topic? Because that actually popped up like a like a month ago with the trailer. Right. Uh, so it popped up mostly because Zendaya came out speaking about like her opinion on it because she only just found out about the controversy. Okay. But I saw All it, right. and that's why I included the next part of that sentence where it was not really much else to say about that one, but I thought it was funny, so I threw it in here. 
So I was running down. So for those who don't know, the trailer for uh, the new Space Jam came out, and Lola Bunny is flat chested. If you're oh, unaware, <laughs> hold on. If you're unaware, the original Lola Bunny back in the '90s was 100% sexualized. Was she buxom? I don't think so. Let me, you know, but I, she she was definitely an hourglass figure. She was definitely was she? drawn in a very sexual manner. Or are you just saying? Are you just remembering it because? No, I I googled this a month you. ago. I googled this a month ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going I'm to look this up. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, it did. So we're going to try out the new stream yard. Put on the screen the original classic Lola, Lola and new Lola. So we have like the, the idealized playboy bunny Lola on the left and we have current Lola on the right. Now, what, what is the difference? Look at the hips and the thighs on the left, Sal. She has can't believe in the second page. Or in I can't image. believe we're having this debate here, and I love this new feature we have on StreamYards. Yeah, <laughs> we can really, we can really get into the nitty gritty on this on this show. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, look at look like she has hips. Like, I would argue, number one, that her chest size is proportionate to the size of her body in the original Space Jam, and number okay. two, that actually, because you know it's been 20 years. You know, the emphasis on 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 the on the uh, you know on the butt has become you know increased over over the period uh, of time. You know, I think she's actually become more sexualized because she has a bigger ass than she did in the so previous incarnation. Your argument is that they've more sexualized her in the new version. I, I think it's more like they they leaned towards the preference where they're like, we can hide we can hide her ass in the second, you know, in this new version. I don't know. We'll have to see because see, apparently I, I'm looking at it as, cause in the original, if you go back to the original scene of her introduction, she came in with like the whole yes. bugs being obsessed with her and oh yeah, Wah! like that whole thing. Well, she has her uh, ears like hair. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's yeah. Very, yeah. And, I, and what I'm saying is like, they definitely were going with the whole, and regardless of what their intentions was, it was supposed to be like, Oh, bugs fights are super attractive. Let's make her attractive. Right. And in this one, she's just supposed to be, a girl bunny that plays basketball. Well, and what she I debuted don't... in Space Jam, so she should be in this one. And right. you know, she's clearly created just to play basketball in the last movie anyway. <laughs> I, I don't understand why this is even a debate, though, about a cartoon character being desexualized or more sexualized, Sal. But no. the fact that they've changed her, they're like, well, she has a, a smaller chest and a bigger butter. Right. However you want to look at it. Yeah. What does it even matter is my okay. question. Well, I, I'll tell you where it all comes from. Here's the deal with Lola Bunny. Uh, the uh, the adults who are complaining about her now right reached their sexual awakening when she debuted so you think that there's like a some people full on furry and some people that don't know they're furries and that's why yes. they're upset by this i, I think <laughs> I, I honestly here's the deal i think that if you were to have reintroduced jessica rabbit today as a rabbit no no, no. and sh and and you know dialed back the sexual nature of jessica rabbit You'd have you'd have double the amount of outrage, and it's because of people's like, you know, they were they were on the cusp of adolescence when they saw those movies. So when they saw this sexualized character, they reached their sexual awakening, or they were like, "Oh, I'm I'm interested in girls, or at least girl rabbits." I don't know. <laughs> I, I I think that it, like girl rabbits, <laughs> and now and and now they're seeing this, and they're like, "Hey." Uh, I, I'm a 45 year old man and my kid might see this movie and well, they can't get a boner from this character here. I would know. Like, I don't know. It's re it's a really weird 
problem people are having. And I think so it's you're one of saying those- that this is the equivalent of the people that grew up with that movie. I can't remember the name of the movie where the girl comes out of the out of the the pool, flips her hair, red bikini, the Rick, famous uh, one, fa- Fast Times at Richmond High. Yeah, fast, fast Times at Richmond High. Yes. So the people that see same thing. It's like the, she- it, yes, it's a generational. It is a, it is a Fast Times at Richmond High moment for people who think the cartoons are hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I, I just, and it's like, you know, it's also the problem where, uh, when, you know, when space jam came out, obviously the internet was a thing because the space jam website had been in its original incarnation up until space jam two, uh, promo rolled out. Uh, but the, uh, the, uh, the tribalization of the internet had not quite reached its apex as it has today. And so if you thought Lola bunny was hot in like 1994, uh, you know, you had to take some serious social leaps to find out if anybody agreed with you, right? You did, yeah. But in today's world, you can just shout into the world from your pocket. Does anybody else think that Lola Bunny is the hottest thing ever and is mad <laughs> that she's not? And you'll get ten thousand people validating your opinion. Yeah. And so you, and, and then you're and more ten thousand arguing with you. Yeah. And then you're like, suddenly people are like, yeah, what, what, what? And now you're starting to think to yourself like, yeah, I think I'm onto something because look at all these people who agree with me. And it's like, yeah, it's, a, it's still a percentage of a percentage of a percentage. It's just that yeah. they're all in one room. You're well, crazy. It's, like, it's like the people that are, that have like 200 followers on Twitter and they're like, yeah. oh, no, no, I have all these people believe me. You, you do. You have 200. Yeah. You got 200. That's like a billion in the world. Right. right. So like, you have a yeah. very small fraction of that. <laughs> exactly. Like that's not an, inco- that, yes. If you were trying to fill an Arby's with that amount of people, it'd be an, a not inco- inconsequential amount of people. But if you want to sell movie tickets, or if you're trying to talk about a social change, that is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, no, the Lola Bunny thing is just hilarious, indicative of the current outrage culture of of, of the Internet. And it's just stu- it's just super so, dumb. I will say, because there are, I'm not, you, you made a joke, you kind of said it in a joke away about right. you know, if you find cartoons attractive. Right, right. I no, will no, say that. Dis- disparage well, against all, people who find that attractive. That's what I was, well, all I was going to say is, and in my opinion, there's a difference between watching adult animation aimed at people who find that attractive right and then watching space jam and being outraged that she's not sexualized if you yes there is there are movies and films if you are into that kind of a thing half my staff is (laughs) (laughs) i am fully aware of that world right right i mean like there i the the problem i think that there is is that there's there shouldn't be and i agree with what they did to lola buddy crossover between Space Jam and that world. <laughs> I mean, the reality is if you create anything, there is. Like, especially yeah. if it's a cartoon. It's just, that's the nature of the beast. I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, like, I I, I don't I, think I, they expected that when they made Space Jam. But, like, you know, there are some that, that I think did. Like, Zootopia, I think, was deliberately made to attempt oh, yeah, to, to, to cater to furry culture. Like, I they think claimed they were, that they didn't know, but when they sure saw it, they went with it. <laughs> sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna take one of our chatters here, uh, because everyone say Betty is called head tie. There's more than head tie, but I do love his comment on this. Yeah, it's called head tie, and it's art. And it's art. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's so, move on. Lola Lola Bunny, moving on. Sex talks. Yeah, it'll be it'll be over after the movie <laughs> bombs because this movie looks like hot garbage. It looks like they're gonna just reenact the entire original Space Jam. It's it, but with new actors and stuff. That's what John it looks Cheadle, like. Man, you got War Machine money, man. Now you don't need to do Space Jam, two. <laughs> I don't know. It, 
because because it's so stupid. Like, did you see the Porky Pig rap? I was like, oh yeah, like, yeah. Like it was, it, I almost like turned inside out. It, 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 it honestly, Spaceship Two. I'll probably watch. It looks like their entire attempt at catching uh, lightning in a bottle a second time. Well, it's never gonna happen. Space Jam 1 shouldn't have worked. I don't know if you're aware of it, that. It didn't. <laughs> it's not a good movie at all. That's what uh, I mean. It should not have the fame that it does have. No, it, it was should have been a forgotten me. moment in Looney Tunes history is what it should have been. Yeah, the Looney Tunes don't all work together. Like, the, the, they, they are a cavalcade of colorful characters, but they're not an ensemble. You know, yeah. Tiny Tunes is an ensemble. Those yes. people all work together. But like Looney Tunes, you don't want to watch like Wiley e. Coyote work with Porky Pig. That doesn't work. Anyway, it could. It works it only could. in like a context of like a, a Roger Rabbit or a, a metatextual piece that's talking about the nature of cartoons. No one's going to watch a Looney Tunes cartoon. Nobody wants to watch a Merry Melody with everybody you know, at the same time. For the record, just a fun little factoid. I was watching a video about the, some of the history of Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Did you know that the only way they got the Looney Tunes and Mickey and, characters yeah. on screen was to agree to exact equal time? I, Neither I am, could have more. I am the wor- I, I am a huge Roger Rabbit person. Yes, I did know that. But I did not. I did not know that. I was like, and, it, and as soon as they did that, I'm like, and they were showing examples. I'm like, yeah, wow, yeah. It's exactly the amount of screen time. Bugs couldn't have it over on Mickey. Yeah. But if you watch frame by frame, when Bugs twiddles his fingers he flips mickey the bird i did not see that (laughs) and you wouldn't because you know but hey here's something that my seventh grade science teacher told me (laughs) back when back when they had a laser disc player uh if you pause the moment where jessica rabbit is thrown out of benny the cab and you go frame by frame she's not wearing any underwear but i'll bet they fixed that in the uh, disney plus version (laughs) I've heard that, and yes, I, from what I understand, it was fixed. It's like uh, there's that old Danger Mouse or whatever. Oh, cartoon. it's Rescuers. Yeah, Rescuers, where like there's a scene where they have a naked woman. Like the old, okay, look, the old Disney animators, they were just sleazy guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, Don Bluth came out of there. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, <laughs> all right, but I just just tying it back into the the sexualization of Lola Bunny. There is there, you know, that's in there. Anyway. Um, you want to read the next one? Cause it's cut off on me and I can't see what it was. Really sure. Uh, um, Kevin Feige continues talking to reporters with what seems to be his new catchphrases quote. I wouldn't dismiss anything. I wouldn't rule anything out this time. He says it about the possibility of Spider-Man and Venom crossing over in the MCU. Uh, yeah. They asked him, uh, is Venom in the MCU? And he's like, <laughs> I mean, I've said it. Everyone's like, no, no, no. They said they're not a part. They're, they're only not a part of the same universe until they are. Until they are. That's, yeah. that's just what it's going to be. I, I, everyone's like, no, Betty, they said Venom Solo. Yeah, it's all it isn't. Let's... <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, I mean he's, guys, he's if wrong. you missed it, Deadpool just did a promo with Corey. So... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's that's canon. That's more canon than Venom right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, everyone's like, uh, Deadpool's on the MCU. Now he is. As he is of now. today. Like... <laughs> At least as much as that Noob Master character. Yeah. Uh, that's what so... I mean. Like... Yeah, so, and we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I think it's a good idea to to cover his ass. I think it's nice. You know, he knows he's been doing this for so long. He knows not to say like no, and then have to hear oh you said no for yeah. the for the rest of his life. Uh, instead, he I don't know. Maybe you know. I mean, like we got a lot of money. You never know. Um, okay, so moving on. Next yes. thing here actually is related to our full discussion we had with Black Widow. Yeah. I didn't know this, so we're going to read it right now. Full discussion for Black Widow is yesterday on Twitch, or you could check it on Absolutely Marvel at DC. It should be live at this point. It is. Um, 
Writer Eric Pearson explains that Taskmaster and Black Widow was originally going to be the original Tony Masters. That was later changed due to potential complications of a villain plot that could succeed and go unnoticed. And that using Tony Masters as Taskmaster during the place in the timeline, during that place in the timeline, would create problems with the rest of the MCU. And decided that a comic book accurate version of Taskmaster simply would not be the right fit. So they adjusted it accordingly to work with the movie and and even answer a mystery that affected Natasha's storyline. Yeah, I stand by my original statement that I said in our review. Yeah, it, it was so far from Taskmaster, you could have just named this villain anything. Well, and, and and my argument is the same, but like a little different where it's like, it's so far from Taskmaster, anyone can be Taskmaster after this, including Tony Masters. Like, I, and I agree, yes. I, I just stand by my statement of like, why, if, if you're not even going to use, if they were going to be like Black Widow versus Taskmaster as the promo, yeah, yeah I get why you did it. And it that's what the trailer sense. was. I mean, I think they knew like, we're going to sell it as Taskmaster, it'll get the fans in, but also it'll be like a color Colorful character because the main villain of Black Widow is an old fat white guy. <laughs> I mean, really, the Taskmaster is not the villain of Black Widow, so it's like no, we gotta, ha- but we gotta sell an action but, figure. But the old fat white guy figure. can't fight her, so we need somebody do- else. He does, but like, you're not gonna sell a Hasbro Marvel Legends figure of that character with like with with face punching action, like it's not or glasses <laughs> blasting action. It's not gonna work. Yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, like, I get it, and it, I'm, I'm I at least appreciate that it's the suit. So it doesn't matter. Or it could be the character and maybe she develops a Bronxian accent and you get a female version of Tony Masters in the future. Either way. I'm fine. With, I don't care about the gender better part. No. Like, I'm fine with that. What no, I it's, just, prefer- it's not that character. It's just and that, that's what I want. Like, just I don't care about gender bending characters. That's whatever. That, especially characters like Taskmaster where they're recognizable, but they're not so recognizable that we're going to have that much of a problem with it. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and speaking of action figures, I'm waiting for the Black Widow sever the nerve figure. It's just got a bloody just, like just her <laughs> bashing her heading into the against the table. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, right. I think he shouldn't have really weighed in on it, but I mean, like you know, I, hopefully this will be enough of in, of information for people to to shut up. Yeah. So last up, we've got a quick one we added on last second here, uh, and I don't know how much we're going to talk about it. New York Comic Con tickets have now gone on sale. It is the first convention that is officially back up and going. We are back up to where we're at a point of like, conventions are there. It immediately sold out. It immediately was being resold. Yep. Yep. My The reason I wanted to add this, Sal, is I want to ask you, why have we not figured out this resale market in like 10 years? Right. And here's another thing that I want to add to this element is that New York Comic Con changed things yet again where they didn't just sell tickets they sold you like a like a membership that you could pay into so you could have premier access to buying tickets so basically yeah. you were paying to pay for tickets ahead of time and what did they do like i, I don't know if it was just i i don't think it was a way for New York Comic Con to make tickets more available or to even the process. I think they did it just to recoup some loss over the last year because the people who paid that that fee were the people who are going to be selling them on every other ticket selling website immediately after the tickets went on sale, which of course they did because within 20 seconds of the of the ticket sales going live, Saturday was sold out and they were all available yep. on StubHub. And it's like that's why that's why Sal, I don't know about you, Sal, but I don't go to conventions anymore. Unless they give us the press badge. I can't. Because I mean, I'm like, not going to sit here and camp my computer yeah. to spend $40 and then go, oh, I didn't get it, 1200 to go. And- right. 
yeah, no, I can't. I, I just don't have the time. I don't have the energy. It's like, yeah. And and it's like if it's a big enough convention like New York, San Diego, WonderCon, that kind of thing, like I, I'm, I'm paying for I, I can't make that kind of uh, commitment where it's like, well, I'll, I'll reserve a hotel and flights. And maybe if I get tickets, I'll be able to use them like that's it's insane. It's yeah. it's, it's it, it betrays a complete lack of either understanding or respect for the customer. And that's what they're doing here. And New York Comic Con is an is infamous for being uh, for doing this, for playing fast and loose with their with their with their customer base. The problem I have though is like this has been going on for over ten years now. Yeah, like yeah. with the resale market. Why has this not been fixed? I don't know. I, I don't know because I don't I don't see. It's like uh you know it's 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 like the video game and, aftermarket. And what, like and hold I, on, what wouldn't an easy fix just be it associates with your name and there's no resale or ability to change it? I mean, I, yes. I, and, and, right, and actually, <laughs> hey, I man, bought it for Benny Potter. I, I have a Benny Potter. Like I can't get an airline ticket and resell it later. No, but that's what fan verification's for, isn't it? I mean, like you have to because that that's another element of buying the tickets is you 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 effectively pre-register. You you register with New York Comic Con, you, all your information, and then they contact you. You get a special link exclusive to your identity that you click on when the tickets go live, so you can buy the ticket and it is attached to your ticket and your identity. But that still doesn't solve the problem. And why? But that's what I'm saying. Like you cannot go buy an airport. Or, like, we don't have scalpers I, at an airline. No, you can't buy like a ticket to you know to to Miami and then go on Craigslist and be like, who wants to go to Miami? Like, yeah, that's insane. Which tells me that this problem has been resolved. If I buy a New York Comic Con ticket, it should say for Benny Potter, not yep. for resale, and I should have to show you my ID that I am Benny Potter and problem yep. solved. Right. And if you and if you show up there and you ain't Benny Benny Potter with an ID that says so or a, have a have a barcode that is associated with it it becomes null and void and the ticket just yeah. immediately goes back to the website and is available for purchase i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know it's it's one of those things where like i remember when we were talking about like conventions and stuff and how interesting it would be to like create our own and i'm like this is one of a thousand reasons why i would never want to run my own conventions because of what a there's got it's been going on too long for there not to be a reason behind this right yeah oh you yo you got your you got your hat on you're thinking like there's something going on here maybe something nefarious I, I wasn't going conspiracy route, but maybe they're doing it because they, you know, hey, we'll just sell a bunch of tickets and let the fans sort it out. I mean, like, def that that's like that seems like the most likely scenario is they're just like, it would, we we know this works because we know that every year more people come than last year, so. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it may be broke for- Well, it ain't broke on their business side, but for fans, it's terrible. Yeah, and they don't care. And it's like, you're a commodity. They're selling- you're basically buying, you're paying to enter a mall yeah. to buy things. That's so it. People that's don't realize that about these conventions. You're there to buy things and you're there to wait in line. You're not there to do anything. No, you know, you're the commodity. Like, yeah, and that, are, that's why I don't go unless I'm invited or I get a press badge. Like, those are the two ways yeah. I don't go. No, you're, you're paying so that your body will be there with money to buy more things. Yeah. The pay as you enter system and- it sucks and hopefully you find meaning and fun out of it. I do, uh, you know, and I have yeah. for years and I, I would probably still go even if I had to pay and I have, and listen, I, I don't, it's not like New York comic-con is a free experience for me. Cause it ain't, 
Like, oh, I, I paid. I've paid for all of them before. I just won't pay scalper prices. Oh, uh, every convention is a loss for me. Like, and apparently now time. as professionals, we have to pay either way. So you got to pay either way. Yeah, that's no. another thing. We we were just I was looking into applying, and they said, okay, if you're an influencer, hit the pro badge, bucks. and it's still eighty five dollars for me to get a four day. Now that's cheaper. That's way but cheaper. There's no perks to it. Like it no, even but, says no early access, no cutting in line, no nothing. Right. But like you need early access as a pro because you need to be able to get backstage before the audience does. <laughs> what an oversight. And, and well, so it's the like, best it, part about that was even the press badges, no early access. No. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what? And, and that's what's so frustrating because, you know, you are, uh, this is read, read pop and read pop also manages the penny arcade, uh, the packs, shows and i haven't been in a long time but like i have been a, a number of times like four or five times and those shows are run really really well yeah they are and it's like so these guys know how to run a convention read pop is a company that owns conventions and runs them they should know how to effectively administrate these conventions and the the uh and the tickets to get into them and so i think you're right they do know how to do it they're just not and i think it's it, it you know Whenever anything or anybody, whether a company or person, acts in a way that is contrary to their nature or seems to act against logic, it's usually money. Or and I, I, I that's that's like that's like an old adage. It's, it's always money. But I will also add, or laziness. Yeah, it's it's one of two things. Either they're super lazy and they don't care, or they make money elsewhere somehow. And so those are your options. Like those have to be the only reasons why that is the case. And so to explore that a little bit, you know, nefariously speaking, maybe Reed gets kickbacks from StubHub and other companies that sell the tickets because they, because they take a percentage, right? It's like you, you sell it, you sell a New York comic-con ticket at StubHub for $300. You don't, as the seller get $300, right? Like you get a percent, you get a percentage of that $300. StubHub takes the rest. And I think that if I were StubHub, I would make a deal with the biggest, most like high selling conventions and be like, I will, you know, I'll continue to to prioritize higher costing tickets and send you a kickback. But is yeah. that worth it? Is it like is the amount of tickets that are scalped worth the kickback amount as opposed to just selling the amount of tickets you have? I don't know. Not your, you just didn't foil hatted me. So <laughs> <laughs> I know I will. I mean, you're just, just going down the rabbit hole. I mean, like, or they just don't care. And it's usually that you know, where it's like, it works. It's worked for the last five years. It's, it's worked the exact same way. We, we well, hear the complaints, complain, but yeah, but that's it. We can right. But like, no one's getting hurt. Nobody's like getting sued. They're just, the people are pissed or they're out of money or they can't go. And it's like, I, 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 here's the, here's the world's smallest violin playing for you. I don't care. Like, I'm still going to go to the bank and cash your check. I don't care. And it's right. probably that, but maybe there's something else. I don't know, but it seems like it's, it's an oversight. It's like, if you're the, if you're the king, you know, you got the biggest conventions, maybe it's your responsibility as the top dog to figure it out, figure that stuff out. I feel like, like San Diego tickets. I hate trying to get San Diego tickets. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're not Reed. That's a different company, and they do it a different way, but they have the same problem. Yeah, they go so, out in twenty seconds and yep. get scalped. Right, and San Diego is even more frustrating because, like San Diego, the hotels are always incredibly expensive. They're sold out a year prior. Yeah. Flights, it's insane. 
interesting they didn't decide to come back this year. Oh no, they are going to try, aren't they? Yeah, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm like not doing. No, we're not I'm going like, to that. Yeah, unless no. you straight up give me work that is paid, not doing it. Right. No, I will say by the way, uh, another reason to go to New York Comic Con. They finished the Jaffets. So you get the I kind of want to see it. I just want to go to see you, man. I, I know wanna, we're going to hang out. I mean, it's I just be- want to see. I'll probably go regardless of having a badge. No, just be like, Sal, so I'll meet you for dinner tonight. Right. Uh, here's a list of things I want in my credit card. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? That might just happen. Uh, <laughs> no, the reality is we know enough people where we could like, we could, we could get you in. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So we'll uh, we're everybody, everybody that we know who wants to go is going. There's, there's, yeah. there's no problem there. Um, but, uh, but I, I do, you know, but it's worth having this conversation because like it affects you, the audience who watches because you got to go through the process and it's a, it's a big bunch of crap and it's like yeah. not fair. And I, I wish there were better solutions and us talking about it, hopefully shines a light on it to make people, you know, get their act together because it's, you know, come on. Um, yeah. You should come out. And if you do come out for like an extra day or two, so you can come to the studio and we'll shoot a bunch of stuff. <laughs> No, I do it. I definitely will. Yeah, I, right. 100%. I'm going to apply. Dan and I are applying right after this. Nice. I can see Dan looking back at me. You guys can't see him, but I can see him. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're going to close up today. I think this might be our longest episode of Absolute Comics ever. I don't know. I what you the, might be I, right. I don't yeah. know what, what made this so long, but we just had a blast. It's always Agreed. fun talking to you, Sal. It's Same. always fun having you guys watching us live over here at twitch.tv slash comic story. Uh, 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. Don't forget, we also stream live shows on Thursdays here. This will be our last episode on the old set this week. So make sure you're there to say goodbye to the set. It's going to be great. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, G Fuel. Go to the website, use the code COMICS at checkout if you want to support this show. Or you can go check out Sal at Comic Pop. Join him or me over at Comic Story. Or if you like the banter, the back and forth between the two of us, check out our collaboration channel, Absolutely Marvel and DC. Thank you guys so much for your continued support. We'll see you next time right here at Absolute Comics!